I love this time of year. Um, I like, yeah, I love summer. I love, I love the heat. I love uh, mowing my lawn and being outside and playing with the boys and doing all that stuff. Um, but I love this time of year. Um, one, because the weather gets cooler and it's nice to be outside um, in a sweatshirt, jeans, sitting by a bonfire, enjoying a nice crisp fall evening, maybe smoking a cigar. I love fall because it means football is here. And um, my house, we like football quite a bit. Um, I, you've heard me talk about the the... Well, depending on how long you've been around, you've heard me talk about the, the Oakland Raiders, who have now become the Las Vegas Raiders within the last few years. And um, it's interesting. People always ask me, why, you know, say, how did you become a Raiders fan? Because you're a long way from California. You know, uh, you're a long way from, from the desert there. How did you get into the Raiders? It doesn't seem to fit your image. You seem to be a, quite a pleasant chap. And, and the Raider image seems to be uh, these gnarly, I don't know if, you, there's actually a great documentary, 30 for 30 out there about the Raiders. But they're kind of the bad boys of the football game. How'd you, well, and it's kind of a silly story. And I don't know if this is really worth talking about, but it's a glimpse into my life here. So it, when I was a kid, I had, um, I had cousins that were uh, a number of years older than me. I would say like six or so years older than me. And what would happen is uh, these guys, they, they were really into sports. And, and they would get cool jerseys and those starter jackets, um, hats. They, they'd get all kinds of really cool sports stuff. And, and as they grew out of it, their hand-me-downs would become my wardrobe. And so I inherited a, a handful of of Raiders memorabilia of t-shirts and starter jackets and, and hats as a kid. And I just kind of, you know, thought one, it looks cool. If I, if I had to choose a team purely based on optics and the look, I would choose the Raiders hands down because the silver and black, you can't beat that. Um, but it was just, I had it already. So I was like, Oh, I'm wearing it. I might as well become a fan. And so, you know, as, as a kid, I didn't, I don't really follow football too much in high school. I started following it a little bit more. Um, fun fact, uh, as I sit here, it is September 11th later in this week, I'm, I'm heading back home to trainer Iowa, which is on the far side of Iowa to be inducted into the, uh, to the, I don't know what, I don't even know what this is. I feel like stupid saying this, but I'm getting inducted to some sort of sports high school hall of fame. Cause in 2003, I was part of a, a state championship football team that went undefeated in the regular season. Our opponents only scored a total of three points on us. So we were, we were a dominant force. And so it's it's been the 20 year reunion. The whole team's getting back together and it's going to be fun to kind of go back on homecoming anyway. So high school, I was, I played football, wasn't great at it. I rode the bench probably like 98% of my career. And then, uh, as I got into college, I started needing something to do on the weekends. And so I started paying attention to more, uh, college or college and, and pro football. And I kind of picked back up my love for the Raiders and I've had it ever since. And, and the crazy thing is this whole story has a point here. You're, you're suffering with me already four minutes talking about the Raiders and you probably don't care. But the point of the story is in my love for the Raiders, I have 
pass that love down to my children. And let me tell you what, it's saying something that my kids love to cheer on the Raiders with me because the Raiders are not known for winning a lot of games right now. They are not a notoriously good team. See, if you were a Fairweather fan, you would jump on the Philadelphia Eagles bandwagon. You would go with the, um, you, you'd go with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes there. Of course, they're in our division and I just absolutely hate the Chiefs. So there's that. But, but you definitely wouldn't choose the Raiders because they are not really a winning team. And, and you Bears fans know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. You're talking about some serious team loyalty that my children see me uh, s- celebrating and, and, and being excited about Raider football that they too have learned that. And, and the crazy part is my second son, oh, I really didn't plan on talking about this for this long. Uh, at one point he was a Chiefs fan and I have converted him folks. And so now I can proudly say that all my kids, all my kids that are able to speak, Jaber's still TBD, um, are, are currently Raiders fans. And this right here is a, a, a picture of what discipleship looks like. Okay. Um, this is a silly picture of what discipleship looks like, albeit, but, but it is a picture nonetheless Um, As we were opening up last week, we're talking about making disciples, and we're talking about the different context of discipleship, and um, specifically about missional communities, the Sunday gathering, fight clubs, how those places are environments where where we are both being invested in, that we're letting other people speak into our life, and speaking into other people's life as we make disciples. So we're being discipled and making disciples in these contexts. And, uh, and these are very important places for us in, in the way that our church is structured and designed. And I believe it's, it's patterned off, off the, uh, the ministry of Jesus as we see Jesus preaching to the masses. Um, and, and we say that there's Sunday gathering, the large group event where we're worshiping, there's the preaching, there's the teaching of the word of God. You have the missional community environment, which is more like the 12 disciples and, and some of the stragglers that would always go around with Jesus that would go around city to city. That's kind of like the missional community context, smaller environment. And then you have the times where Jesus would peel away with Peter, James, and John. And that would be more of a, a fight club context where you've got a smaller, more intimate group of people. And so we, we say that this is sort of patterned off of the ministry we see of Jesus. Again, make the only way to make disciples is in community and on mission. And... I say all that, um, and I want to, I'm not taking any of that back. I still stand by that, but I want to make it very clear. Um, in addition to those places, those contexts where we're making disciples, there is a, another place that is, is even more important, um, as far as responsibility wise goes and in the eyes of God, what your responsibility is, where you're to invest your time. And that is within your own home. Um, we want to have a vision of making disciples, not only in the here and now, um, as people come into our church, we share the gospel with them, um, learning to follow Jesus in the everyday stuff of life, but we want our kids to follow Jesus. We want our kids to know about the goodness and the mercy of God. And in the same way that our lives have been transformed by them, we want their lives to be transformed. And my prayer as a father is that I want my boys to be even greater men than I've been able to become. Uh, I want them to stand on my shoulders. I want them to be more righteous. I want them to be more courageous. I want them to be more uh, 
secure in their faith. I want them to be more compassionate. I want them to be stronger. All of the things that that I asked the Lord would produce in me to an even greater extent, I'm asking the Lord to do that in the next generation. And, and, and the thing that brings this to mind, first of all, is that just the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, is it goes back to the idea of discipling children time and time again. Um, and, and you can see that in Deuteronomy six, that's a great passage where you have the Shema hero, Israel, the Lord, your God is one. And you're to do all these things. You teach your children, um, you teach the children of what's happened in the story of their people of God, his, his act in redeeming his people from slavery. Um, and you're supposed to put these things on your front, the front lens of your eyes and post them up around your house and talk about them and instruct them. Um, you're supposed to teach them the ways of the Lord. Uh, you get passages like Proverbs that you train up a child in the way that they go and they should not depart from it. So this idea of training, of of, of exercising, of um, growing stronger in understanding and uh, in, in, in faithfulness. And so we want to have this generational vision for our church that we're not just building a church for the here and now, but for, I'm, I'm thinking three, four generations down the road that, that if my family's still here, that there would be a church that my kids could be involved in and be, you know, maybe one of them is a missional communal leader. One of them's serving the kids ministry. One of them's preaching. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I have a desire that my children, whether it's here at sacred city or not, would be following the Lord and serving him and working to advance the kingdom of heaven, wherever they're at. And so that this is one piece that's really, really important. So, um, Ephesians 3 in in Paul's prayer references the glory of God through all generations. Um, Yeah, we want that. Um, And and then if you keep reading into Ephesians, um, we're actually given a command of how this actually happens is to train your child up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Um, and, and this, this word, uh, these words of fear and admonition, um, this, this, this is going to take me down a massive rabbit hole. And so I'm, I'm trying not to, to go too deep here. But the idea, the, the, the word is, um, in the Greek, it's padea. Um, to, to the fear and admonition, the admonition, the learning of, it has to do with uh, a, a total cu- cultural immersion in the things of God. Um, so it's not just a little bit of Bible study here or a little bit of devotional there. It's not just a little singing on Sunday, but this idea that this whole experience, the whole experience, the whole upbringing, the whole educational system is done from a, a biblical worldview perspective, understanding that Christ is Lord and we belong to him. And so this is so important for us as we're talking about discipling and, and the areas in which we're giving ourselves to the work of discipleship, the home is at the top of the list. And so what I want to ask is, like, what kind of, if this is true, what kind of rhythms do you have right now with your family? And this specifically is to parents, but this could be for... Um, uh, this could be for married couples, um, singles. This applies in the sense of your spiritual disciplines and, and the kind of patterns that you have, the people you're having over into your home. Maybe maybe you're not uh, partnered up with someone in this way, but you do have friendships. Um, if you're a married couple without kids or maybe your kids have grown up, what does this look like with one another and discipling one another in your own home? And then specifically for parents, the next generation, as God blesses you with children, how do you steward that blessing? How do you, how do you point them toward Christ uh, in the best way that you know how? 
and and this this is really important is is bringing our kids to the same places that we are, um, specifically on Sunday gatherings as kids get older. Whether the, you see youth groups or or whatever it might be popping up, we don't know. Our, our kids ministry can, is continually um, adapting to accommodate the needs and based on personnel and the, the demands that we have at this moment. Um, we're, we're trying to to meet some of those needs together. Um, but then also like thinking through um, matters of education, like what are the things that my kids are learning in school? Where are they at school? Like if, if it's a public school education, you, you need to be very, very diligent in understanding the things that um, our kids are learning about and, and then supplementing it, not just supplementing, not just adding to those things with, with gospel or, or, or through the lens of Christ, but being able to go through and to dismantle some of the lies and the secular education, the secular ideologies that are being promoted in the public school system right now. And I, I've talked about this briefly before, and I, I don't have, you know, I don't think you have to go too far to realize um, that public school education is no longer what it used to be. Back in my day, it was, it was not, it was a completely different landscape. Um, and so now it, the, for, for Christian parents, there, there is a real thing to take into consideration here of if my only option is public school, then how do I bolster that so that it can combat the lies of secularism and then it, it will have the truth and the glory of Christ and the fact that Christ, it's because Christ is who he is, that all other facts, that all other rationale, that all other logic makes sense. Um, that's why Christ is, is preeminent. He's above all things and, and because he is is who he is. All other things make sense. Um, but I, one thing that I've been very encouraged by, and I've shared this at our member meetings the last couple of years is, uh, I've been seeing parents see, uh, their responsibility to educate their children or take that education into their own hands, whether that is homeschooling and finding a co-op, um, so, so the kids are being trained in um, spiritual matters that they're, they're learning their Bible um, and more than just a little nighttime devotional where they're half asleep, they're actually studying their Bible. They're learning um, things about the world that, that point back to God as the creator and the author of life, um, things of that nature, um, whether that's in homeschooling or, or in Christian school, um, whether that's uh, your, your traditional Christian school or a classical Christian school. Um, and I, I love talking about this topic. I care a lot about this topic. I think this is really one of the most important things, one of the most important you can, decisions you can make with your children um, that will have a, a, a massive impact um, on, on the way that they go through this life because there are so many different pressures um, in society and the educational system. They get exposed to so many ideologies that are promoted to be good and to be wholesome, but they are are. Um, they are the antithesis of what God's world is, of his, his scriptures. And so discipleship, um, we're talking about discipleship in the home taking place in the form of education, but also um, in the liturgies of the home. So as you think about how we're, we're training our kids from an educational perspective, we also want to think about how we're training our kids and uh, from a liturgical or worship perspective. Um, and I love, uh, um, we've got all kinds of great books that we've read through as a family, um, through the years that we have found incredible value. And in. one of our favorites is little pilgrim's progress. Um, it's just great. Um, and 
And so having those times where you sit down and you read, um, sit down and you read the Bible, and and there's there's seasons where reading a children's Bible is going to be as about as good as it gets. Um, but my kids are at a fun age now where they they're all memorizing scripture in school. Um, and so we get to talk about the scriptures that they're memorizing and they're working on catechism questions that help them, um, understand the point of those things. And we have great dialogue about it. And so there's a lot of informal times where we sit and talk every night we get together, um, right, right before bed and we, we pray, um, we pray together. We pray for our church family. We pray for our family, we pray for the needs of our missional community that are going on. We pray for literally anything our kids can think of, anything that we can bring up, we bring up and we pray for it. And then, uh, we, we say the Lord's prayer together and then we, we sing the doxology. And so every single night, that's our routine. We're singing, we're praying, we're talking, um, together about these spiritual things. And a lot of times, um, uh, at the dinner table, there are, our rhythms that we have have leaned into in seasons, and it, and it morphs from season to season depending what what age kids are and what's going on and things of that nature. But we're sitting down and we're studying at the table, um, either during dinner time. I've got some kind of a devotional um, where we're talking about spiritual things, um, and so these are opportunities in the in the whether it be in the car rides on the way to and from school or to the grocery store. Um, the, the opportunities you have at the park to talk with your kids about sharing and getting along with friends. And, you know, this is why we don't hit people and, you know, all those natural things that if you've got boys like I do, then you know, that are going to come up. Uh, and we get to talk about those things, not just from a moralistic perspective of don't do that and do this thing, but here's why, here's why we treat other people the way we want to be treated. Here's why, here's why we're willing to sacrifice in order to include other people, um, and point back to Jesus and all the things that he's done for us. And so there's a lot of informal times when we're talking about making disciples of the next generation, a lot of informal times that God blesses us with. And it's great to take those opportunities, but there's also going to be a time where, where we need to set formal time aside to sit down, to pray together, to read the Bible, to do devotionals, to sing together, maybe even do some liturgy. I'd love to hear what kind of like liturgies you use. I know, um, our, our liturgy has been available for a while. Um, you can get it um, on the Uversion app. You can you can up you pull it back up, and you can use our call to worship, or you can use the confession of sin, or you can use the absolution, whatever it might be, um, to kind of like bring that into the home and have um, these these times of liturgy. Another opportunity, um, a great resource is the Daily Liturgy Podcast that's put together by some of my friends over at Coram Deo uh, Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Every day they put out a little liturgy um, podcast, I think it's 15, 20 minutes long, um, and it goes through some some. Old Testament, New Testament readings, confessions of sin, all of these great things that help develop a liturgical. You can yank stuff off of there. In fact, they got a website. You can even just pull it up and use each one of those days. But my main point in this, as I was talking about the context of discipleship, where discipleship happens, um, we need to keep our eyes on the home. Um, there, there are times where our eyes get put on our missional community and, and for a season that might be the case where we've got to really lean in and care for people, but we cannot forsake our children at home. Those are our ultimate responsibility before the Lord. And so I want to encourage you that as you're thinking as a disciple maker, 
what does it look like to disciple your children? What kind of rhythms do you have? What kind of educational um, opportunities are available to you? And, and you might need to sacrifice. I know our family, uh, we sacrifice a great deal um, to be able to send our kids to, to the school that they go to. Um, it would be so much easier and so much cheaper to do other things. Um, and, and it's not that we don't like homeschooling. If, if it was our option, then homeschooling it would be. Um, but there are sacrifices that have to be made in order to follow the Lord in the, these matters. This is part of, of taking up your cross, denying yourself, and following Jesus. And in this case, we're doing it for the sake of our, our little ones. We want them to know Jesus. We want them to get completely immersed in in the the padea, the, the enculturation, the Christian doctrine and life uh, that the gospel produces. So I hope this was great. Um, conversation for you. I'm sure there are a lot of questions and I don't want to shut down any questions. Um, and I, I hope that this right now is if you've got questions, if you've got pushback, let's talk, let's talk. I don't, I, this is a, a one-sided um, conversation right now. Cause I'm just talking at you, but I'd love to dialogue at, uh, dialogue with you and, and take this from talking at you to talking with you. This is meant to be a conversation starter. Maybe there's people in your fight club that you need to talk about with this or your missional community of, of wrestling through how do we make our home a discipleship context for our children or for our spouses that we would be growing toward Christ together. I love you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Take care and God bless.